0: Hey everyone, it's Elle Divine. Welcome back to my Grown Pains podcast where I, for some bizarre reason, invite guests to the studio and pretty much dig up all the discomfort of adolescence for your listening pleasure. Today, I'm so happy because I'm actually reunited with one of my lovely friends, Shannon Beveridge. I met Shannon a few years ago and whenever I'm in LA, she always makes me feel really at home and shows me a good time and she's just one of the coolest people ever. So I'm so happy to have her on the podcast and you probably know Shannon from a YouTube channel now, This Is Living, where she has over 600,000 subscribers, which has led to win various awards for being an advocate for the LGBTQ plus community. And as well as all that, she's also an amazing photographer and filmmaker. So yeah, I just thought she'd be a pretty special guest. So thanks so much, Shannon, for joining me. Wow, I'm impressed. That That's was a, a mean blast. intro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you also like did it perfectly. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a pro at this. This isn't my first podcast, Shannon. Yeah, so. you're
1: right. <laughs> you're a professional. I'm, I am. I'm
0: Press. <laughs> thanks man um so I'll, I'll tell you a bit about what it is as you know i'm a singer songwriter and my main inspiration when it comes to songwriting i found all my experiences navigating through adolescence so i thought it'd be a cool idea to invite like my friends and my family and just generally cool people that i know to the studio or in this case to zoom um <laughs> and chat about their own coming-of-age stories so, to break the ice, I asked guests to bring a photo of himself from the teenage years.
1: I have a couple, but I think this is like the only problem with this is I think I might be 12, so that's, that's like, fine. Kind of like cheating. Can you see me? Oh, oh
0: my god. You've still got the same cap on, pretty much. I you know, I'm like, nothing has changed <laughs> so at all. Cute.
1: This is like future lesbians of America, like, poster.
0: <laughs> so, Who was the person in that photo? Oh God,
1: okay, who is that person? Well, I was pretty little. I feel like I had no idea what was going on. My parents had just gotten divorced, like maybe two years before I took that picture. I was a super big like tomboy. I liked soccer. I had no idea that my life would look like how it looks now. I think I was like too little to even know that I was gay so I was just like this is what girls do girls only like to hang out with their girlfriends and like I had a crush on probably every friend I ever had at some point or another but I didn't know I was still in that point where I was just like I am obsessed with my friends they're so cool
0: yeah totally I used to do the same things like when I was in school I used to be obsessed with like all my friends all the sisters and I used to like this is so weird this is when I was like really little I used to pretend I was like a dog and like lick their hands (laughs) and I think that's how I knew if I had a crush on them because I'd be like that's so weird I guess not much has changed I'm still going around licking girls hands so like (laughs) Um... oh perfect (laughs) So what was home like for you in that, in that time? Like, I know you just said that your parents are split. Where were you living? Who was in your household and stuff? I spent
1: all of middle and high school, like, going back and forth between my mom and dad's houses. And they lived literally just, like, a neighborhood across from each other. But I had, like, a crazy schedule where I stayed at my mom's house for Monday, Tuesday, and then my dad's house Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then switched back and forth on the weekends. That's so crazy. So I, like, it was, like, a stressful situation, but also, like... It was nice because I had step-siblings and I got to, like, experience being... I w- I'm the baby. I only have one older sister. And then I became, like, an older sister to two, like, little siblings. And my sister went to college, so it was a very, like, weird time for me. And then there's, like, the gay thing. So that
0: was, Yeah, like, that's crazy, though. That was kind of similar to mine. Like, I was the little person when my mom and dad were together. And then, and then I became, like, an older sister. And it's so weird because you're kind of, like... In one household, you go from like getting everything you want, <laughs> like being the baby, and then you go to the other one and you like have to be responsible and shit.
1: But also, you have like two little like kids that you can boss around. Oh That's yeah, I felt I was like Dylan, yeah. go get me a drink, go get me a soda from the fridge, and he would do it. Yeah, they, like loved me so.
0: <laughs> That's so cute. Where
1: did you grow up? I grew up in Dallas, Texas, technically in Carrollton. So like the suburbs of Dallas. It's like a very classic American suburb.
0: Right. Yeah, I liked it. A lot of churches. Yeah, I used to spend like every summer in Dallas because I've got family that live there. My uncle like moved there like when he was like 20 and started a family there and stuff. So yeah, that's like one thing that I always noticed was like they love to go to church. The more I found out about myself and the more I kind of like my eyes opened to like I don't know. I think when you're like gay and you're like going to like a church all the time, you, it just instilled in you that you're like, I don't think I'm wanted here. Like, I don't know.
1: <laughs> no, totally. The culture, like it's like stereotypical, but like the older you get, you realize that. But then also now that I've gotten even older and I'm like going back to Dallas now, I'm, like, realizing that there's actually, like, a really cool, like, queer culture within Dallas. But if you're, like, growing up in the suburbs of Dallas, like, you're not necessarily seeing that. And, like, yeah, like, they have, like, one of the only lesbian bars. Like, there's a lesbian bar in Dallas and there's not one in Los Angeles. How crazy is that?
0: No, I didn't even think about, I guess I think of these Bars as lesbian bars. Anyway, I don't even I don't even think about that. But that's so interesting. That's so true. Yeah, that's crazy. Have you been so, to it? Yeah, I've probably been to most gay bars in America at this point. Are you, are you like a celebrity in the in the Dallas <laughs> gay scene? <laughs> no,
1: definitely not. But I've been recognized in like Dallas gay bars more than in like a Los Angeles gay bar because I feel like that's my demographic of like who's watching my stuff is like people in towns where it's maybe a little bit less accepting versus like. LA like all the lesbians are way cooler than me and like not watching YouTube <laughs> videos anymore whereas in Dallas they're the people who like needed the YouTube videos yeah, which is ironic because like obviously that's what brought me to YouTube anyway is that like I 100%. needed that content well
0: that's how like I knew who you were because I was in this little northern town and like no one had came like when I was I would say two years after me at school I think like two years below me at school I think like, I noticed that people had started coming out there, but I was definitely at the first one. And, like, I think I told you this, like, after we got drunk one time, because I wasn't going to say, because I was like, but I was like, yeah, I totally used to watch your videos when I was, like, 16, 17. And, yeah, you're so right, I think, for someone who came from a small town. It was just nice to see someone who's like you kind of just, you know. That someone exists. That so someone exists, yeah. And, yeah, like, and someone yeah, can find, like, <laughs> someone can, like, find a life that they like to live, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and happiness and stuff, so, yeah. Totally. What was it like growing up in Dallas then? Uh,
1: I'm, like, really appreciative of, like, where I'm from because I know everything that I do and, like, everything I've done is because I have that, like, upbringing. And, like, I'm really lucky because my parents are super, like, accepting and not... They've never been, like, homophobic or racist or any of those things that, like, you may think the South is like. So I had, like, that really solid, like, home life. But then I also got to experience, like what people think of gay people and say about gay people. And then I went to uh, Oklahoma and I was in a sorority. And before I came out, like I had a lot of conversations with people where they would say things that I was like, oh my God, I can never come out to you because this is what you feel. So I'm really appreciative of having that experience because it's why I know that the content that I make is important and like needs to be said versus if I'd grown up and been in Los Angeles forever. Like I would just think everyone's like accepting and like doesn't give a shit. But even now living in LA, it's nice sometimes to come back to Dallas because I like have this realization. I'm like, oh my God, wait, like LA is a bubble. New York City is a bubble. Like these places are super accepting and I love them. But like, there's a lot of the rest of the world that still needs this message. Sometimes I feel like how much can I talk about being gay? Like it's so normal to me now. But then I'm like, oh my gosh, wait, there's still these kids who like, are in areas where they've never seen a lesbian, never like talked to a lesbian. Like they need to see a video. They need to like see this content from like people like you and me and now like newer, younger creators who are like coming out too.
0: What was it like, you said, you mentioned that you were in a sorority and stuff, but like high school as well, what was that like for you?
1: I was always really sporty. So I was always hanging out with like the athletes. And then, so when I was in high school, I realized I was gay. I like fell in love with this girl. It was really traumatic. Her parents put a baby monitor in her room and then, like, outed me to my parents. What
0: the
1: fuck? And Wait, did they so have, like, really a hunch? Traumatic. Did they think
0: that something was going up? Yeah, it was
1: yeah. really bad. And so that was my first experience with, like, someone finding out I was gay, and I was so bad that I was like, fuck this, like, I'm not gay. And I had boyfriends, like, all throughout high school. I had a boyfriend when I fell in love with a girl that I loved, so, like, I was just like, oh, okay, I'm gonna go to, like, this conservative school, I'll join a sorority, like... I'll find, like, my Prince Charming. And then, obviously, like, one year into my sorority, I'm like, why did I do this to myself? I'm just surrounded by all these fucking hot girls. (laughs) Yeah, totally. So stupid. (laughs) Mistakes were made.
0: Holy shit. Like, so who were you, if you had to put yourself into, like, a, a mean girl's table stereotype, which table would you yeah. be at? Like, the jocks. Okay. It
1: was literally, like, sporty kids theater kids. I don't even remember
0: anymore. Like, student council kids. That's so funny. It's been so long. I missed out on that kind of lesbian stereotype of being good at sports. I've never been, ever. <laughs> I used to skateboard when I was, like, really young. Um, not very well, but I just want, I think I just wanted to be like Avril Lavigne. I
1: tried to wear a tie to my first day of sixth grade because
0: I wanted to look like <laughs> Avril Lavigne. Like so those stripy ties, totally.
1: Literally. Like a white button-down, nice, like, long sleeve shirt. Got a tie on. But then right before I walked out the door, I was like, I can't wear this tie. (laughs) So I took the tie off. I have pictures. I don't know where they are, but I look like I'm like a a caterer, like a waiter, (laughs) because I'm wearing like a white button down and black pants. And I just like, that's my first day of sixth grade.
0: I know you should just laugh it off, but like I still get really like cringed out about memories of me at like nine years old. Like it still really affects me. Like I'll be lying awake at night and that'll like pop in my head. And I can't just like laugh it off. Like I actually get really like, Traumatized by it, like if I, really, yeah, like if I think of like outfits that I wore, like even now I'm like, <laughs> like I I wore like I had these like Tony Hawk bootcut jeans that were made for like boys, and I was wore, like because <laughs> I was like obsessed with like Tony Hawk, pro skate, and I was like obsessed with that and like skateboarding and like Apple v and stuff. But else, I, I just oh, I was oh, just God. Like, I was so disgusting. Like
1: I'm to- no, I'm reading this book right now, and um, I just read literally yesterday this chapter where she was talking about she was like. If you ever look back at a part of your life and you're not embarrassed of it, that means that you've stopped growing. Don't feel bad about yourself if you think about something you did, like, five years ago and you feel embarrassed about it. That's because you've, like, grown from that place. So if you ever look back at your life and you're like, wow, I had it all figured out right then, then that means you stopped growing I've, from that I've point forward. I've
0: been growing then. I think, like, <laughs> uh, like my, I can't get to sleep for fucking ages because I just have floods and floods of memories coming back to me. I think I associate some of that stuff with, like coming out like because that's stuff that when I was like 16 I would have thought about and been like so ashamed of because it just reaffirmed that I was definitely gay (laughs) like not me but like dressing like a a, like a proper tomboy like I remember I went through a phase when I was like 15 16 where I really put all my efforts into like being as girly as possible and like going and meeting boys constantly and I think stuff like that would like just come back to haunt me because I knew that was probably really well I don't know if it was like really me I think I'm like Half and half, and I think I feel like that's like an ongoing struggle. Is like I'll have a week where I dress like such a tomboy, and then I'll be like, right, I've had too much tomboy energy in my life. I need to like, I need (laughs) to be like a girl for a week now, and I'll like switch between and like. like This is constant battle of like I don't know identity. I don't know if
1: you relate. (laughs) No, I totally relate, and I feel like I'm still even now like trying to figure that out. Sometimes I feel like I'm getting to a point where I'm like more comfortable, but. I just feel like we have so much pressure, especially as women and like our culture to like fit this mold, like all girls do. And like, I feel like I am capable of dressing girly because I just could. But then I'm like, am I doing this because I want to wear this outfit or am I doing it because I feel like. I've been, like, pushing this, like, masculine line for, like, too long. But then I'm getting to the point now where I'm, like, I don't fucking care. Yeah, same. I'm just going to wear what I want to wear. But it's hard when you're, like, especially for someone like you, when you're having to, like, go to, like, red carpets or, like, performances. Like... I, uh, knowing and being around artists like it's so stressful the thought that you have to come up with like performance outfits because then that's not like even
0: a normal it's, outfit It's not and you. then it's like yeah. how
1: girly or not girly do you go in that? Yeah. I guess I'm glad I know It's stressful
0: but then also I think that's kind of like I almost prefer that because I'm like what I would say like an L Divine outfit is, is very different to like me just in like my jeans on the sofa <laughs> now. Like this is the kind of shit I'd yeah, probably true. be like you need to start dressing better like by my team or something. Um, but Yeah, I kind of like that because I feel like I'm just like playing a character or something and uh, like, I I don't know, I kind of love that shit. Yeah, I mean, it's performative. Exactly. It's like like an act of performance. And I'm a performer, so... What was one of your most awkward and embarrassing stories you have to tell from that time? The thing that just popped into my head, I think
1: it's way too dirty to say. I
0: I think we. that's <laughs> the thing. Like, I feel like people come on this podcast and they get scared to say things. But if you go there, I'll go there. So, like, don't I can hit you back with something okay. really embarrassing. I, OK, <laughs>
1: this is like this is one of the most embarrassing things that <laughs> happened to me in high school. I had a boyfriend that I yeah okay um one time this is the only time i ever did this too i think one time i gave him a hand job and he had to go to the bathroom to finish it because i couldn't do it
0: what like, like, was like you were bad at it or like I, you just couldn't do it i was bad at
1: it he was like you can hold it tighter and i was like i really can't
0: <laughs> and he had to go to the bathroom I was like, like, no, like what I I i'm think imagining is, is like this <laughs> you were like there was like probably that much space between it. <laughs> he was like, barely touching it. I'm
1: like, um I'm like tickling it. He's like, uh, you can like really grab it. Oh, I was like, no, no, it's, no. I was like, you know what? I actually can't. And he was like, okay, I'm gonna go to the, I'm gonna go to the bathroom.
0: I was like, Ew. I'm tra- Yeah, that's traumatizing. Ew. Well, he had to do something know, with the situation. I, 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 and I, I was not gonna do it. I guess I don't like I can't even like think of like do they have to I don't know. I don't really know. I'm not very I don't know. I don't know, know anything don't know. about it. <laughs> that's hilarious though. Clearly. I don't really have any, yeah, like... that was Trump. I don't daily. have, like, embarrassing stories about boys. Like, more just, like, they awful. Like, well, actually, I didn't, like, have any sort of, like, experiences like that with a girl until way after I'd, like, experienced those things with a boy, I guess. And so I didn't really have anything to compare it to. But, but maybe a telling point was that i used to like, go home and cry for hours. I to, I don't to, <laughs> maybe that was a bit of a giveaway but um <laughs> that's so tra- traumatizing i know like i talk
1: about trauma i would
0: like i remember the first like time anything happened with the boy like and i went home and i like showered for like two hours and I was just miserable I felt like I'd been completely stripped of like all my innocence I remember all I was thinking was like I wish so badly I could be like a child again like I just had this like overwhelming feeling of like I want to go back like I just want to go back in time I don't want this to be my life and I just and I thought for a while I was like maybe like I hate anything like To do with sex or something, and then yeah, as soon as I got a girlfriend, I quickly realized that that wasn't the case, and everything's like if you actually love someone, it's like everything's amazing.
1: No, totally. I think that's a really common thing that like a lot of like queer people go through, like what you're saying. I always say like I'm really thankful that I grew up where I did because it was so conservative that none of my friends were having sex. Right. It was just so easy to not sleep with people, and I just could like fly like under the radar with everyone because all my friends were virgins. I was like. (laughs) Me too, I'm not doing it either. And that one hand job even was like, only because a couple of my friends had done that and I had had this boyfriend for a while. So you start feeling like this pressure to like, you know, show someone you like them, which I wish I knew then that you don't actually have to do anything that makes you feel even remotely uncomfortable
0: a hundred percent if i could go about and all of my friends would say the same as well it was like this kind of competition is like who's gonna do it first my friends literally
1: waited like a lot of my friends waited till they were married so like i was in the best case scenario because i just was like yeah sex is bad (laughs) but yeah that's also probably like affected my brain now in the way that I think about sex because sex is like still like to me a really big deal Mm -hmm. I understand that it doesn't need to be as big of a deal but in my mind because of the like culture I grew up in like it's not something like I take like
0: lightly 100% and I think also that's probably something that like when you wait for so long for something you kind of carry that throughout all your other relationships too forever yeah totally um but yeah wow we just talked about sex a lot
1: (laughs) whoa I'm uncomfortable no I'm kidding I also think it's like something that is important for like queer people to hear that anyone that they look up to had to deal with like similar situations
0: I mean yeah it's so good that there are so many people that talk about that stuff online which I guess is like what I was going to ask you about next is like how the internet impacted your coming of age. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean,
1: I'm like on a, such a weird cusp because of my age of like what internet was and wasn't. Like we didn't really have YouTube. I didn't have Instagram until college. YouTube just like wasn't even what it, what it is today. And a lot of why I've even had success, I think, through my like YouTube channel is because there were so few queer creators when I got on the platform. And not to say I was not like one of the first, but there just was like a much smaller community. Whereas now there's like a very big community of like LGBT people on on YouTube. So like, I think for me, I like the Internet. It felt like it was missing my voice. So the Internet didn't help me that much. I just felt like the Internet should help other people. And I saw like how it could because the only lesbians I knew were my P.E. coach, my volleyball coach and Ellen DeGeneres, and all of them have one thing in common, and that is that they don't look like me. And so like, when I was growing up, I was like, oh, I'm not gay. And then even like, I mean, gay marriage wasn't legal until I was graduated from college. Like, that's crazy. So I just saw that the internet had like, a power to connect people. And I was on Tumblr, and Tumblr really helped me come out. Because like, I was seeing like, that there were these like, random lesbians who think about they didn't even have instagrams right i just was finding their tumblers and it would be like a girl in like california and her and her girlfriend and i was like oh my god there's girls with girlfriends and they have long hair and i was just like whoa that's possible that's crazy and so i started feeling comfortable kind of like sharing my coming out experience on tumblr and like me sharing my story and like having people tell me that my story was like helping them like it was like a very like symbiotic like they helped me come out just as much as like I helped anyone come out because the more you get people being like, wow, that was so helpful to like hear your experience. And I was like, Oh, like I felt really encouraged to like keep going and like keep coming out. And then I started just like getting drunk and telling everyone when I would go out to the bars. <laughs> Same totally. Like does anyone I'm like, Oh, do you want to know something? <laughs> But yeah, Tumblr turned to YouTube. So like the internet definitely helped, but it wasn't the way that we think of now with like YouTube and Instagram and like all these like, but people were like searching for it. And I think that's why there's so many jokes about, like, lesbians from Tumblr and like, the early, like, 2015 Tumblr lesbian kind of situation. I
0: wasn't on Tumblr, but I have a funny story. I mean, I don't know if this will make it into the actual edit of the podcast, but just because, like, this is my only experience with Tumblr is... (laughs) And this is really embarrassing, but I feel like you went there before, so I'm just going to say it. I used to follow this guy on Twitter. I don't know who he was. And I remember this was, like, the first time I'd ever seen, like, Well, I'll explain. And he posted, like, his link to his Tumblr. And I went on his Tumblr one time and I was scrolling through. And he had this one, like, gif. It was literally just a gif of these, like, two girls doing, you know, whatever. And I, I for, like, the next year, because I was so, like, embarrassed to ever type in, like, the words <laughs> lesbian, whatever, into my, like, search engine, I would go on this random boy who I didn't know as Tumblr, scroll down, like, months and months and months and months of, like, posts that he's reblogged just to find this one kid. Stop it. I was, like, fully, like, 17 then as well. Like, I couldn't, like, bring myself to... Yeah. I don't need to explain the internet, but you can guess what I'm trying to say. But like, (laughs) like, how embarrassing is that?
1: No, that's very relatable. I definitely was doing that on Tumblr at some point, too. (laughs) I'm like, I'm not searching that.
0: How do you think it's different for, like, teenagers now on the internet? Uh, This is, like, I don't know,
1: maybe this is bad to say, but I feel like being gay now is, like, almost cool, which I think some gay people get upset about that, like, especially older generations of gay people are like, ugh, these people are doing it because it's trendy. But, like, for me, I think it's so cool if people are even just fucking talking about anything gay. I don't care if a kid comes out as, like, bi, and then two years later is like, oh, actually, I'm straight. I don't think that that hurts anything. I think it's just really cool to see anyone and everyone talking about the idea of like that you could even be gay, considering I came from a, a town where I didn't even know you could be a lesbian. I literally thought only boys were gay. I think it's amazing. I think everyone should feel open to like, experiment and I don't think that like labels are something that are like stuck to you forever like I think I'm so excited for like what the internet has done for this generation of kids just that they even feel open to say they're bi even if like a year later they're like never mind I only like boys I don't care you're starting conversations that did not exist when I was in high school and I think that's like really really cool
0: yeah totally that's a good
1: point I think it's like everything in life it's just like a double-edged sword for every like positive there's a negative mm. but like I don't know I just like to focus on yeah the positive
0: part of it. I feel like definitely like something to be said about how much more mental health is talked about in the past few years and I think it's like it's kind of like a catch twenty two isn't it? It's like I'm glad that we're open about the problem but I think the platform that we're social media <laughs> yeah, is the problem. I think it is a problem. Yeah. yeah it's like
1: social media is the problem but also it's giving us the platform Let's to talk, talk about, about this problem. But also the problem existed before social media. That's but true. Social media also intensifies the problem and then it's just, like, a back and forth and back and forth. Like, I don't know. For every bad, there's a good... It's so... It's, I guess that's everything. Duality of life.
0: hundred um, percent. When was your first existential crisis? I don't really know. Like, maybe coming out?
1: I don't know. What was yours?
0: I mean, oh, this sounds... This is deep, but I think, like... I think I really started having a big existential crisis when... And, I don't judge anyone, but I think like what personally was not good for my mental health, and I don't think I'll ever touch it again. But I used to smoke a lot of weed, and um, and I think that really made me just like made my thoughts like out of control. I think when I moved out, that like affected me, and I moved in with like a few of my friends from school, and it was just kind of like classic student vibes, like smoke weed like all day, like made music, like ate crap, like we just did, we just like messed about basically, and I felt really lonely, and I was like smoking all the time and I think I just started thinking about like dark shit and then at the time like my uncle had passed away so I kind of just had this like realization that people died and that's basically what I'm coming to is that the realization that people like pass away and like I think that really like that was the first time I really felt that and that really affected me and like sent me in a spiral of like an existential crisis and I just like could and it took me a while to get back back from it yeah I was just like really freaked out um but yeah, don't do drugs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know if this is my first existential crisis, but like definitely a major one in my life is like when I started my YouTube channel, like it was like I made videos and then I made a lot of videos with my ex-girlfriend, which most people probably wouldn't know this. But then we broke up, but we had like two years of like a lot of our content, like a, a lot of, all the content was like me and her together. And I graduated college. I had a finance degree. And right when I graduated, I started doing YouTube like full time. Like then when we broke up, that was probably like my... Biggest existential crisis because I was like, "Who am I without you? What is this channel without you? Like, is this channel something I like can even do by myself? Like, and it was just like my whole life had been about me and her. So like, it was like the first time that I had been out in like life. Like, I came out dating her. So it was just like this very big, crazy time in my life where I was like, "Who the fuck am I? Like, I don't know who I am without you. And everything that I've built in my life right now has been." to some degree, like built around you. And I feel like a lot of people have that when they go through like their first like really big breakup. And mine just like also included my career, which is just like
0: another layer. What was it like putting your relationship out there
1: for everyone to see? Like, It's crazy because when we did it, we didn't do it like thinking, oh, we're gonna become like YouTubers. Like YouTube wasn't a job when we even started making videos. We just had this idea for this clothing line we wanted to make where like a portion of all the like sales would go to charity. And we already had like a little social media following. So we were like, well, like if we like make videos, maybe it'll like help the company at the same time, whatever. And so then by the time like we had 100,000 subscribers, it was very like, oh my God, like it all happened like so fast. It wasn't like, it's not like we sat down ever and had a conversation. We're like, Is this going to like affect our relationship to have all these eyes on us? And it was like before David Dobrik and Liza Koshy had their like big internet break. Like people weren't like having these internet breakups. So we didn't have like a lot of people that came before us to like be like, maybe this isn't a good idea until, you know, you're two years in it. And you're like, is this affecting us? Like, is it bad that we're doing this? Is it bad that like maybe sometimes we have a fight and then we have to record a video because we have a brand deal? crazy I to never pretend, like everything's that. fine <clears throat> yeah I mean it definitely affected our relationship but I just think that at least from my perspective we went into it innocently and then it was just kind of like you wake up one day and you're like oh shit did we make a mistake but like at that point you're like two years into it and it's like yeah I don't know that was it wasn't like we were never like let's show everyone like our lesbian love <laughs> it's just like it was like, we have, like, a small following. How funny if we do, like, this challenge video where we put, like, whipped cream in each other's face. Like, that's just, like, an excuse to play, like, a stupid game. Because like it, is, f- it is
0: fun. Yeah, exactly. It is fun. Like, I've done that before, like, with my girlfriend, like, it, just, like, recording, like, funny shit. Asking each other, kind of doing funny shit. But, yeah, that's what it is, isn't it?
1: But I was just going to say, this is also, like, six years ago, if you think about it. Like, the internet was a very different beast even then. 100
0: percent By the time that you were posting stuff, like I wouldn't have known that you could have made money like off the internet. Whereas now it's like so in your face that like there's like kids <laughs> on TikTok who are like a million. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Do you think like when you were like making videos and like when you make videos now and like music videos and stuff and just like take photos or like any kind of filmmaking, are you inspired by like your teen years or like your coming of age? Like Yeah.
1: It's funny because when you were, when you said that in the beginning, I was like that's so funny. I always say like my YouTube channel is basically like what i wish i could have heard myself you know when i was younger like everything i do is kind of like i think has like an element of nostalgia and like also trying to connect with like the things that we all have in common no matter where you are which is like growing up everyone has to grow up and we all have these things that we like can relate on no matter where you're from or like whatever
0: If you could pick, like, a song that you think would, like, embody your coming-of-age experience, what would it be? And a film as well, actually. Okay. The
1: song is, like, the most me growing up song. It's The Middle by Jimmy World. Little girl, takes some time. That song, the lyrics of that are, like, so... That's, like, how I felt at that time. Like, I just kept being, like, I just have to get through this part and, like, my life will get better. Like, I know that things will get better if I can, like, pass this, like... This is the hard part. Uh, so that song, and then movies, *Booksmart*. Oh my I god, I feel like is like the best movie I've ever seen, Ugh. and so like classic coming of age, like figuring yourself out. sort It's of,
0: so good that though. Diana like, Silver is so It's like next level film that I love that movie so much. And I also appreciated that she, it wasn't like a coming out story as well. It was like, I, I love that.
1: It was literally just the way they incorporated like that queer storyline was Wait, so isn't... good I'm so sick of seeing mm-hmm. like the the hardship of coming I out know. like although it's so important and like we need to tell that story but like it also perpetuates this idea that like it's being gay is wrong <laughs> yeah. and that coming out is hard and that like your life will be bad for a period of time like I look forward to a time where like you don't even have to come out, or if you do come out, like, it's just, like,
0: cool. Totally. It would be sick to just make a series when there's, like, a lesbian main character who's just, like, sweeping up, who's just, like, cleaning up all the girls and is, like, popular as fuck (laughs) and, like, make them me that I never want. right this is like the final the biggie what would you tell your younger self well I would tell her to subscribe to my youtube (laughs) channel yes
1: plug (laughs) it I've I've been making a lot of content for her for a really long time um I don't know I I think for me what I needed to hear personally would just be like you're gonna figure this out and also you're gonna fall in love and it's amazing like not even spoil surprise and tell her it's with a girl but just like (laughs) it will happen and you, you will love it
0: that's so nice. I think if I met like 15 year old Liv, I would just like hug her so tight. And yeah, but sometimes I'll find a photo of myself when I'm like five years old, and I just look, and I'm like, oh, I'm just, like, just, just so sorry, like all the stuff that you're about to go through. And I'll be like, love you. <laughs> There's this thing that I feel like loads of people get taught in therapy is that like you need to sit your like the child version of you on your lap and just like comfort them. Um, yeah, totally. It's still in there. But yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, thank you that's so much you. for coming on and I appreciate you being so honest and open. It's so good. I know that <laughs> loads of people will appreciate that too.
1: Well thank you for having me and for being equally uh <laughs> I open. know
0: but that's what growing up is man. <laughs> I'm El Devine and you've been listening to El Devine's Growing Paints. Hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow me on Spotify or wherever you find your favourite shows to be updated on each new episode.